Welcome to another episode of the Omnipodcast, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about the Copenhagen plank um, and why it is considered to be one of the best adductor and groin exercises out there. Now, first of all, I want to talk about the anatomy and explain um, how that works for the Copenhagen plank and also give you some insight into why you must break down the exercise into stages if you really want to make sure that you're targeting the adductors optimally, okay? So just like any other exercise, the Copenhagen plank can have many versions depending on what you're using it for. It can also target a variety of muscles because the adductors are obviously a group of muscles and to be exact, you have five different muscles in that group. However, I also want to talk about the sixth adductor muscle as well, which is not present in all people. First of all, let us break down the five main adductors. You have the adductor magnus, the longus, the gracilis, the pectineus and the brevis. The pectineus and the brevis are the adductors that make up the groin or the smallest muscles in the group. But in my experience, these two are the adductors that get injured the most due to the massive amounts of strain that go through them and the fact that they are so close to the pelvis. An interesting fact about the gracilis is that it is the only adductor to cross the knee joint, inserting onto the tibia or to be more specific for all your anatomy nerds out there, it will insert into the proximal medial shaft of the tibia at the pessancerinus tendon. If you have a notepad in front of you, make a little note about this because we will come back to it later when we talk about the different stages of the Copenhagen plank. For those of you thinking about the sartorius, also crossing the knee joint, that is correct. However, keep in mind that the sartorius is not classed as part of the adductor group. Maybe you're checking this as we speak but no other of either the magnus or the longus adductors actually cross the knee joint as they both insert into different landmarks of the femur. Now onto the sixth adductor muscle, which as I said, is not always present in all fully developed human beings. I want to cite uh, an abstract from a study done on 40 human cadavers and five fetuses. I know this is a bit grim, but science and anatomy benefits a lot from these dissections and I must say they are necessary for understanding our physiology. I will cite two sentences to you which I found most interesting and the first one is The adductor minimus muscle was found in roughly one half of our specimens and was seen in all fetal specimens. This is very interesting as it proposes that the adductor minimus will be present in the fetus development but will eventually be taken over by the magnus because the minimus is located just above the magnus and that is why it is sometimes hard to actually make the difference. And the other half of the specimens developed with the minimus muscle clearly separating itself from the magnus muscle. The second sentence will make even more sense as to why this happens in the first place. When absent, the quadratus femoris muscle was always more prominent and extended more inferiorly toward the territory of the adductor minimus muscle. This is fascinating because the quadratus femoris muscle has nothing to do with the adductors. Um, it essentially is an external rotator. The only thing in common is the innervation by some of the nerve branches of the L4, L5 and S1, which are branches of the obturator and sciatic nerves. But still, if the minimus is absent, the femoris will compensate by size and in a way trying to fill in the gap. Very cool stuff indeed, I'm sure you agree. Now we're getting on to the main topic of the uh, podcast and that is breaking down the Copenhagen plank. There is enough evidence that supports this exercise and the benefits of it, but what I want to talk about is something that hasn't really been researched enough 
And that would be the variations of the exercise and how you can optimally use it for a variety of injuries. First of all, let's talk First of all, let's look into the conventional exercise. So you either have one of your legs straight and your foot supported by a bench or the hands of your therapist, essentially. You've probably seen uh, pictures of that or videos of it. Uh, I prefer a bench, to be honest, and you are essentially leaning on your forearm. And sometimes if the straight leg uh, and the leg that's being loaded is essentially higher. So if you're using like the, the hands of the therapist or your friend, or you're kind of supporting your foot uh, with like a, a gym box, which is a little bit higher, um, you also have to make sure that your supporting arm uh, is straight because this way you're going to even out uh, the level of your kind of upper body and lower body. Uh, and this way you're going to essentially put all of your weight into your hand, which again, personally for me, uh, I don't really prefer this variation. And this is essentially the conventional Copenhagen plank. I'm here to say that if you're starting to rehab either a groin or knee injuries or tears in the adductors and hamstrings, because the hamstrings and the adductors are very closely connected, um, and you are told to jump straight into this variation, you need to stop and continue listening. I've personally discovered three main Copenhagen variations which target different aspects of the adductors and you can use them to target different injuries. Okay, so these three don't include the conventional Copenhagen which I just talked about. These three are completely different. The first variation which I call the beginner Copenhagen plank is the exercise I would always start with. Instead of placing your foot with a, with a straight leg on a bench, um, you will place your thigh above the knee joint as the main support. So imagine the middle of your upper leg touching the bench and essentially uh, lying on the bench. Uh, you can bend the knee or keep it straight. It doesn't really matter uh, and you're supporting your upper body on your forearm, okay? This variation eliminates the gracilis, the magnus to an extent, and the longus again to an extent. Depending on where exactly you have your leg on the bench, as you can really move the bench higher towards the groin or have it slightly lower towards the knee, uh, but never, never below that point, okay? Because that will essentially uh, kind of ruin the whole point of the exercise, okay? So the idea here is to target the pectineus, uh, the brevis muscle, and if you're one of the lucky winners, the adductor minimus, okay? So these are the muscles, like I said previously, that are the uh, mostly injured due to strains, tears, sports hernias, and that kind of stuff, and similar injuries to, to the groin area, okay? So it makes sense for you to start rehabbing your adductors, um, from this kind of position, uh, which essentially is targeting the weakest link in the group. Because if you think about it, when you head into the gym, you mainly see machines that target the glutes, the, the quads, to be honest, in the first place, the quads, uh, the hamstrings and the glutes, some of them. Uh, but there's only one single adductor machine. And to be honest with you, like, I don't think it's great. In my opinion, the Copenhagen plank and other variations of it and other kind of more body weights and progressions of the Copenhagen plank will be a lot better than the machine that you find in most gyms. I would personally really, really avoid it. Avoid this machine like at all costs, okay? Um, and then moving into the intermediate variation of the exercise, which will essentially find you placing your knee joint specifically on the bench, which includes the uh, magnus muscle straight away and the longus uh, adductor muscle. And to an extent, we'll eliminate the gracilis because the insertion point of the gracilis is under no pressure here. Okay, so obviously the brevis and the pectineus are still working, and if you have the minimus, of course, um, due to their origin and insertion points being loaded. But this time they have the support of the bigger adductors. 
So what, what do I mean uh, by saying that the origin and insertion points being loaded? Imagine point A being the uh, like the point where a muscle attaches and point B being the other point where it essentially starts from. So let's take the adductor longus, uh, which is a good example. So the longest muscle, again, will originate from the pubic ramus, but it will attach around the middle portion of the femur. Okay, so let's just say that you uh, are targeting the pectineus and the brevis and you want to eliminate the longus. Like I said, you're going to do the beginner Copenhagen plank, so you're going to put your leg uh, on the bench, um, so the bench is very close towards the groin, which essentially eliminates the insertion point of the adductor longus. Uh, it's, it's still kind of obviously targeting the fibers that attach into the origin, but the insertion point is not really uh, under any load whatsoever which means the muscle is inhibited. But now if I place my leg a little bit higher on the bench uh, and the insertion point of the adductor longus is actually free and um, you know the bench is under that point, straight away the muscle is loaded. And that's how you can essentially use a very simple exercise and, and a very kind of uh, simple regression of, of an exercise to really make a difference into, into challenging and, and loading these uh, different muscles. So always thinking about like these uh, insertion points of these muscles and where exactly you're placing the lever that essentially allows the insertion point to, to become under load. Finally, we get to the complete Copenhagen plank, uh, which is not the conventional Copenhagen plank. And I urge you to take a look back at the notes you took about the gracilis if you took one, because now we are placing the bench under the knee joint and immediately loading the gracilis muscle and all adductors will be working as a system. This final variation will also target the MCL ligaments as well as the LCL ligaments due to the pressure that is being applied to the outside of the knee. Uh, it is also good for the meniscus, uh, so any kind of meniscal injuries as well. And then we get to the conventional Copenhagen plank, which is the uh, one that you've probably seen like everywhere else. Uh, and this is the most advanced version of all of these variations because it will essentially include the entire middle chain, uh, starting from the big toe, because when you're doing the conventional Copenhagen plank, you want to make sure you're pushing your big toe into the bench and you're dorsiflexing your foot, you know, just kind of allowing your uh, foot just to kind of lie there on the bench. There's always like, there needs to be some sort of a purpose to the foot being on the bench. So make sure you dorsiflex and push your big toe into the bench as well. So this way, you're going to target everything from that big toe uh, point, going straight into the groin and in, obviously into the abdominals. Uh, so a lot of these kind of uh, groin-related injuries will have an impact on the abdominals and vice versa as well. So all these variations that we just talked about are not just going to target the adductors and the groin, all these muscles there, but they're also going to target the rectus abdominis and uh, even the psoas major and all these muscles that are kind of crossing um, that inguinal area, which is usually the cause of a lot of injuries. Okay, and that is my experience. Uh, it is always good to break down this exercise into stages uh, in order to make sure that you you're first of all targeting every single aspect of the adductors and are also targeting different injuries. The conventional Copenhagen plank is not great for acute groin and knee ligament injuries because it puts too much load onto those areas, but you can still get the benefit of the isometric loading for both legs if you simply regress the exercise. 
In my videos, I like to use progressions as well, but progressions are far too easy to come up with than uh, regressions, as if you're working with progressions, um, you're essentially uh, at a later stage of rehab where you can essentially use more load and you have more movement available to your client or athlete or to yourself, obviously. We have now got to the end of today's podcast and I want to say thank you for listening and if you have any questions, you can always get in touch. Follow the podcast on iTunes, Spotify and all other platforms for more content like this. Uh, you can essentially create an account uh, into my brand new platform, the OmniHub 2.0. So head over to uh, OmniBody academy.com if you have any of my courses uh, you can access them there and if you don't you can still access the free webinar that i've got on there and the podcast which we are working on adding to the platform as well so again thank you for listening and i will see you in the next episode